Hello, and welcome to the High Street Community Church Podcast. We're so excited you're learning alongside us, and we pray this message leads you closer to the Lord and others. High Street Community Church is simply a family of friends following Jesus. God bless you as you listen. first tree we talked about was the acacia and the avocado. Here's the avocado tree. I, we talked, I don't know, two months ago or longer, I brought it up here and it's in this pot and I was hoping it would get bigger. You know that in two and a half months? No. <laughs> Stuck in that terrible pot. It's not meant to grow in a pot. I'm going to put it in the ground this week and it'll take off. But in the garden, we were uh, stuck with a choice, given a choice, choose life, tree of life, or choose the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which is choosing death, it's independence from God. We could do life on our own, and that's the way of death. And we chose the tree of life, and we now can even still choose the tree of life because of Jesus. We live in dependence on God. And we're singing that song, and I'm going to be talking a bit about heaven, and it's so sad that we choose death. Life is hard. My life's hard. Your life's hard. That's just sad. But fortunately, um, God's shown us the way back to the tree of life. And he's shown us through a bunch of trees that mark the path to the tree of life. We first looked at the acacia and the avocado. You choose the acacia, you know I hate that tree. There's nothing wrong with it, I suppose. It doesn't belong here. Death, death to all acacias. <laughs> and we chose that tree. And then we looked at the redwood tree and the creosote bush and asked, where are you planted? Are you planted by the streams of living water of Jesus? And in community, you'll thrive. You live together. You don't have to worry about drought, fire, disease, pests. Or you can live isolated, toxic roots, stunted and starved as a creosote bush. Where are you planted? Then we looked at the sycamore tree, where we interact with Zacchaeus. Jesus went to the, right to really the lowest geographical place on earth and found one of the lowest people because he said, I came to seek and save the lost and did a little dad wordplay, you can seek more. Zacchaeus climbed up a sycamore tree looking for Jesus, and Jesus was looking for him, and Jesus offers the most. Then we learned about the cedars of Lebanon, that, that only the best for God's house. He deserves the best. And that God is in the restoration process. Even though we've damaged the forest, it's a picture of now how so many are trying to replant the cedars of Lebanon. Then we, we checked out the date palm. And I had that giant date palm branch where people were waving those around, worshiping the Lord. Some knew why they were worshiping Him, some didn't. But they were waving that palm branch around and then they not only showed a, a 
an act of extravagant worship, waving it, they, they showed a proper action of humility by laying it down. Laying that down to worship God. And that's what we're, we're to do, is just lay down our lives in an act of worship, serving Him. And then we uh, cruised up to the olive tree, tree of blessing and a tree of burden. The tree of blessing, there's oil, which is in the olive, good to eat, good to be anointed by, you know, sensing that was a picture of the Holy Spirit empowering us and cleansing us. And even the oil burns to give light to the world. But that oil only comes through great pressure, the olive press, the Garden of Gethsemane, where they pressed the olives and out came. In this sense, Jesus was praying this prayer of pressure. Even blood was coming out of his skin. And we, we, we learned a prayer from Jesus. I called it a prayer of agony, a prayer of pressure, where when you're so stuck and you can't even think of the words of the Lord's Prayer, pray this prayer. God, you can do anything. And then you share your prayer request. In this case, Jesus said, I don't want to go through this. Take this away from me. But then he followed it up with, but not my will, your will be done. That's a good prayer. You can bank on that one. And then we came to the fig tree and heard that fruit matters to God. Fruit matters. Don't just be a pretty tree with pretty leaves, but produce fruit. And we do that by abiding in Jesus. And we also heard that God is a gracious gardener. Whew, right? And he'll even bring an outside help, fertilizer, to help us grow. He'll even cut off good things, pruning, so we'd be even more fruitful. And they'll even turn up the soil, because we get comfortable when everything's the same. He'll even take a spade, a pitchfork, dig it in the soil, and turn it up to aerate the roots and, and turn up the soil. And sometimes that's trials. Trials help us to be mature. Today we get to uh, back to the tree of life. So we, we started with the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil, chose poorly, and God didn't leave us there. He created all these trees to point us to the resolution, the solution, Jesus Christ. And we're going to see how the tree of life works in that today. Let me pray one more time. Father, I know you're sad about the trials and difficulties in life. Death makes you sad. It's sad. There's various forms of death. But that's not the end of the story. Not by a long shot. You conquered death. And you're about life. And Jesus, you came to bring life abundantly. And we get confused and we forget and we get lost. And we, we don't know about life. Teach us about life, about your life, about true life. And even teach us through this tree, as well as your scripture, by your spirit. Amen. So the tree today, Persia Americana. So put on your science hats, because we're in science class for a little while. It's a, it's an, a, a tree in the Americas. So I, I said this the last time I talked about the tree of life. We don't know what the tree of life is, okay? This is me um, thinking I love avocados. It's a great example. And we'll use this as a representative of the tree of life. But I dare you to find a better tree to top, to top this one for the tree of life, as you're going to see. It really fits the definition. So it's in the Americas. Early on, some people called it an alligator pear. Yeah. Have you heard that? 
<laughs> I hadn't heard that before. I'm like, oh, that kind of makes sense. The skin looks, you know, of a Haas avocado looks all rough and bumpy. Other people call it the butter fruit. You can just scrape it and put it on toast. You hipster coffee folks, you like your avocado toast, right? It's a pretty big tree, kind of like the size of a big oak tree, the same kind of shape like that. It has um, really great fruit. Like, I need to tell you that, right? Big pit in the center of it. It's gaining worldwide popularity, right? It's just getting more and more popular. Of course, we love it here, but even in the U.S., it's been gaining popularity over the last, say, 100 years, even more so in the last 20, 30 years, as we've, not only we like it, we're figuring out, oh my goodness, this is really good for you. Because we knew it had fat in it, so we weren't sure if that was good, but it's the good fat, right? Um, the other thing it has, and, and this is what I've kind of learned, what I didn't know, it has, you know, I knew this, it has large leaves, but the leaves are really good for things. And we'll get into that in a little bit later. Um, a lot of the recent research has been discovering that about the leaves. My experiences with the uh, avocado tree, my very first experience, so I was born in 1965, and one of my earliest memories as a kid, I was at this pool party with my family and it was, I, it, wasn't, it was probably like late 60s, maybe early 70s. And everything back then was the color of avocados, right? You guys that were there? <laughs> the refrigerator was avocado, the carpet, the... Yeah, here we go. Um, all these things, it's like they just love the earth tones at this time. And I was eating this salad as a kid. I don't know why I was eating salad. You know, that's pretty amazing for a kid. And I, I stabbed in and, and I pulled out what looked like a slug. And I remember like, ah, and it just looked gross. And I put it back in, and I ate the rest of the salad, and there were like four or five avocado slices, and they must have been pretty ripe slices, but I didn't eat it, didn't want to eat it, and my parents were like, yeah, that's bad, that's bad, give it to me. <laughs> in fact, they would take us to this Mexican restaurant that had taquitos, I just remember this right now, and they would say, oh, that green stuff's nasty. They always said, Na for years, they told us this was nasty. <laughs> so yeah, we don't want that. <laughs> What kind of parents are those? And later they said, oh yeah, we did that on purpose. We love avocado. <laughs> and then in the um, 80s, I worked at a, the Sizzler restaurant, you know, the steakhouse, and I was a salad prep, so I would cut every kind. Of, they had really good salad bars, and so one of the things I did was prepare uh, avocados. Still didn't really eat them much then, but, you know, I learned how to cut them open, which was pretty fun with a knife, a long way, split it, and blah, blah, blah. So I started to like them then. And then in college, down in Southern California, me and a buddy, we would do these kind of part-time jobs. There was a job board, and I remember working for this old lady up in the hills in, in Whittier and La Habra Heights, and she had these giant trees, and we would do whatever yard work for her, and then she'd give us these trash bags and say, go get some avocados, and the trees were loaded, huge avocados, and she would say, oh, these are one of the, some of the first Haas avocado trees. I didn't know anything about that. I was like, whatever, we'd bring bags of them, we'd throw them at each other in college and give them to people. And then I, I even do, look it up on the internet, it's the, the first Haas avocado trees were there. She was telling the truth that uh, those were, and there were, the trees were huge, tons of them. I didn't really know and appreciate it. And then in San Clemente, maybe 10 years ago, I planted a Haas avocado tree that I got from a friend, a, another pastor who actually has an avocado ranch on his land down in um, Fallbrook. And this little tree didn't get taller than five feet, but it would produce 40, 50 avocados a year. And even my neighbors, I'd give them to them. They'd say, when I first planted, I'd say, why are you planting that? You're not going to be there long enough. You won't see the fruit. And the next year, it just was almost 
bending over, had so much fruit, and they were excellent avocados. And did you know, so I'll plant this, I've got two others that I'll plant on my, at our house, um, two are already in the ground and, and a third will be there, but did you know that there's avocados around town, avocado trees, riverside lighting, go there, big avocado tree, lots of trees, and um, um, Stephen Carroll Spragans, I see you back there. You know you have an avocado tree, a huge one. Yes, you do. And I'll drive up there sometimes and there's avocados in the ground. I'm like, oh, someone went to the grocery store and, and dropped some avocados. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, big tree, lots of avocados. So those are my sources for local avocados. Just take a few. And they're really good. Um, benefits of an avocado. There's benefits of the fruit and benefits of the leaves. Let me just walk you through those. It's, as I mentioned already, it's good fat, low in sugar, helps you fight cholesterol. Um, it tastes awesome. If you don't like them, awesome, give them to me. Um, full of vitamins, B, E, C, fiber, potassium. Um, one of the earliest historical records of it, on some of the Spaniards that came to the New World, they said, this is good for sick people. Eat these things. Um, the oil is good for cooking. It has a high smoke level. I'm not sure what that means. It comes later. I trust you. I'll eat whatever you cook with it. Um, it helps with your vision, your immune system. It helps absorb other nutrients. So some of the articles said, eat avocado with your salad because then your stomach, your body, will be able to withdraw even more nutrients that it wouldn't normally be able to get because it's combined with avocado, right? So you eat it with other things to get even more out of the bell peppers and lettuce and kale if you happen to put that awful thing in your salad. <laughs> It's shoe leather. Come on. Sorry. We'll do plants of the Bible later and we'll talk about kale. Avocado makes you feel full after eating. So if you're trying to diet or you, want, you don't want to eat too much, just eat some avocado and you'll feel more, more full. It's anti-inflammatory. It lowers depression and has a natural detox um, agents in it. Here's the biggest thing that I saw that I, and I saw it a couple times and I was... I've, I just thought it was funny. This fruit decreases mortality. <laughs> Sign me up. I want that. Decreases mortality. That was a general you know, headline. This will decrease. Tree of life decreases mortality. But what I didn't realize, and this is a bunch in the scripture about the tree of life, and I didn't realize this about avocados, is that the leaves are very beneficial. They're just kind of these leathery leaves. You know, Actually, under an avocado, there's a lot of leaves that you've got to rake up. So I just kind of looked at the leaves like, eh, it's a pretty green tree, necessary. But um, the leaves, you can, you can uh, crunch them up and make a tea out of them. You kind of boil off half of the water. Don't do this, by the way. I'm, I'm saying it's good for you. I don't know how to do it. I'm just saying it can be done and, and do it. If you just make a tea and get sick, don't call your pastor. <laughs> but the research is saying these things. Or you can make a wrap on your skin. It will, it will heal a number of things. But they say the... the Chemicals inside the leaves can prevent aging. Tree of life. I want some of that. It's a diuretic. It clears up infections on your skin, or it's just a great cleanser. The, the leaves will help clean and, and uh, give you skin health. Lowers your blood pressure. Um, it will break down kidney stones. So make a tea out of that. The, the articles are like, you definitely should drink avocado tea if you have a kidney stone. It's a cancer inhibitor. Uh, eliminates thrush. Helps nursing mothers. Greatly um, raise up the level of your milk production and uh, helps you with, it's a sleep aid, helps you with anxiety, 
facilitates digestion. It is definitely, looking at the fruit and looking at the leaves, it is a tree of life. Can I get an amen? Yay, avocados. So what does the Bible say about the tree of life? And I've got this book, and Eric did a Sunday school class on it, Quipping Hour on Heaven by Randy Alcorn. Very good book, really informative, answers a lot of good questions that we have. And he addresses the issue of the tree of life when it comes to, like, where is this in the Bible? It's definitely at the start in Genesis 2, and it's at the end, in the end of the book of Revelation. And then there's a few spots in the middle that I'll refer to. But he writes this. He summarizes it really well. The tree of life is mentioned three times in Genesis 2, in Eden, and again four times in Revelation. Three of those are in the final chapter. These instances seem to refer to Eden's literal tree of life. We're told the tree of life is presently in paradise, the intermediate heaven. In Revelations 2, 7, it says that tree is with God, and so that's where God is now. And then the new Jerusalem itself, also in the present heaven, will be brought down, the tree of life and all, and placed on the new earth. So the tree, I suppose like this one, will be transplanted and and put back down here when, when God creates the new earth. Just as the tree was apparently relocated from Eden to the present heaven, it will be relocated again to the new earth. So again, Genesis 2, that's where the tree of life was, and we didn't choose that one. We chose a a tree of knowledge of good and evil. And then you see it in uh, four times in Proverbs. It talks about the tree of life as being in wisdom, in righteousness, um, it's desire fulfilled, and a gentle response. And these are all life-giving things. Like when you live godly, you'll have like, it's like, like the tree of life. So this is saying a picture of if you want to be thriving and abundant living, do these things, receive these things from God. And it, so it was kind of a, um, a, a description of what, what is life-giving. And then we get to, um, there's two places in the Bible, and I'm going to read from, from, we already looked at Revelation, and we did that in our responsive reading. But Ezekiel is a very a, a prophetic book, and it talks about this very tree of life, it's a mirror passage, meaning God told this stuff to Ezekiel, and then he told John and, and wrote it in Revelation. The same stuff, the same information is told a couple times. So I'm going to read a, a few verses from Ezekiel 47, and it says this, Then he led me back to the bank of the river, and as I went back, I saw on the bank of the river very many trees on one side and on the other. And wherever the river goes, every living creature that swarms will live, and there will be very many fish. For this water goes there that the waters of the sea may become fresh so that everything will live where the river goes. And on the banks, on both sides of the river, there will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither nor their fruit fail, but they will bear fresh fruit every month because the water for them flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for healing. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for healing. Avocado. And then Revelation in uh, chapter 22. I'll just read verses 1 to 3 here. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and on and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And then it goes on later. It says, blessed are those who wash their robes. 
so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. And then verse 19, near the very end of the whole Bible, it says, and if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and the holy city, which is described in this book. So the invitation of God is, hey, eat of this tree of life and be washed by the blood of the lamb. Be washed by going to Jesus saying, I am wrong, please forgive me, and you're washed. And then there has those, those tough words that we read um, with Eric leading us that, hey, if you don't accept this washing, you don't get to partake in the tree of life. That's just, God is so loving. It's hard for me to see those things, but God is so loving, he lets us choose to not accept his gift. He, he loves us enough to say, no, I don't want to be washed. So what's the root of biblical truth here? There's a couple things that pop out, and then I'll, I'll get to our application. A tree of life is offered to everyone who would call on Jesus Christ, as I just said. A life dependent on him. The actual tree of life, we've lost access to an actual physical tree because of how we, um, Adam and Eve and us, we would do it ourselves. We were in the, in the Garden of Eden. But we do have access to Jesus Christ. We do have access to life. It's kind of like when we talk about the kingdom of God, the phrase is, is it's now and not yet. We can experience and fully live in, a, in dependence on God now, but we're not fully living in the kingdom until he comes back and restores and makes everything new. So there's a little bit of tension there, like I can experience full healing and full life in Jesus, but the whole world's not right. We're, we're still living in that tension. That's what's going on here. So a core truth that we can learn, and that's if you're uh, taking notes. Just like the avocado is growing in popularity, you know, people are discovering it. I, I'm convinced that so much of what God has created, we still don't know the half of it, what's there. But we're discovering, wow, this avocado fruit is really good for you. Wow, these leaves are really good for you. We also, I know this is my personal experience, more and more are discovering how good God is for me how much he heals, how much he um, feeds, how much I can be dependent on him for everything. There's a growing sense of knowing that with an avocado, so much so, more so with God. A second core truth is, is and I want you to get this, listen carefully to this. Healing is available. I didn't know that was part of the leaves. I just didn't know. There was an ignorance I had. But it doesn't mean it's not true just because you don't know it. It means you're not accessing that. Right? Some of our most debilitating sicknesses, some of our wounds, our unseen and even unknown wounds and hurts that we have, there's a cure that's been untried. We haven't sought the great physician. You don't even know you're sick with some things. And that's where I would encourage all of us to seek the Lord in prayer, to, to go to a therapist, to come up front for prayer, um, I don't know, if, if, are Mark and Janet here? I don't think they're here this week. They do a thing called a manual prayer, where they've been trained to specifically walk you through some difficult times in your life praying and asking the great physician to heal those things. That's accessible. That's, that's available to you. They would love to do that. Reading scripture is healing. God will illuminate these things, will bring these things to mind to heal you. There's Healing is available. Would you take it? And then as clear as I can say this, John 10.10 10 says, Jesus says, I came that you might have life 
and have it to the full. That's the truth. Jesus is the tree of life. He offers us abundant, full life. Would you take and eat? That's the invitation. He doesn't force us. Jesus is that. So what fruit can we bear? Well, Jesus says, you know, you don't live on bread alone, but by the word of God. So consume the word. That's a fruit. Just be in the word. Another thing we can do is point people, yourself for sure, but point people to the healing physician. When you think of an avocado or you see an avocado, think, I need to point to, there's sick people that need Jesus, that need healing. And right along with that, I don't know if this makes too much sense, but be an avocado evangelist. I mean, I'm joking about my parents and it was a funny thing, but, you know, and eventually I suppose they did get me to eat avocados. But in your excitement, share. Not only share guacamole, right? Share Jesus. Don't keep him to yourself. Good for everybody, a tree of life. And then I want to end with this. Part of the reason when I came up in emotional because as, um, boy, I look forward to being with God. I look forward to not having any problems, right? Well, hope is rising. The, this tree, you know, I, I think I mentioned this with Arbor Day. It's the one holiday where we're really looking forward. Most holidays, if not all of them, are always looking back to something and remembering something, which is good. But a tree is about, I'm going to plant this in the thought of making the future better. This tree is talking about being healed and alive and thriving. And so I'm going to lead us through a little exercise. This is a little bonus add-on thing for our message this morning. Is I want us to kind of, kind of you know, use Scripture and as clear as it can be, we can do this, but I want you to use your imagination also and think about heaven. It gives us hope. And Alcorn did a great job in, in this uh, heaven book to kind of raise a question, what will life be like on the new earth? So let me read a couple paragraphs. He writes, all our lives, we've been dreaming of the new earth. Whenever we see beauty in the water, wind, flower, deer, man, women, or child, we catch a glimpse of heaven. Just like the Garden of Eden, the new earth will be a place of sensory delight, breathtaking beauty, satisfying relationships, and personal joy. God himself prepared mankind's first home on earth. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. And the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. That's in Genesis 2, 8, and 9. The phrase planted a garden shows God's personal touch, his intimate interest in the creative details of mankind's home. Catch this. In the same way that God paid attention to the details of the home he prepared for Adam and Eve in Eden, Christ is paying attention to the details as he prepares for us an eternal home in heaven. That's in John 14. If he prepared Eden so carefully and lavishly for mankind in the six days of creation... What has he fashioned in the place he's been preparing for us in the 2,000 years since he left this world? I think the world's awesome. I go out in creation and I learn and see so much. He did that in six days. 2,000 years. I don't know. That's my human brain thinks he's going to do a ridiculously, exponentially bigger deal with new heaven and new earth. 
God poured himself, his creativity, his love into making Eden for the creatures. But at that time, that's all we were, his creatures, his image bearers. Now we are both his children and his bride, chosen out of the human race to live with him forever. Would we expect more or less than Eden? More, of course. That's exactly what the new earth will be. So my question is this, what will life be like on the new earth? Just kind of imagine, think about that. So I was up, we were at Mount Hermon the last couple days, they did a celebration of the people that had been directors of the Ponderosa Lodge, the high school camp, so I was one of those people. And whenever I'm around camp, I had some of the best memories of my life at a a different camp that I grew up going to with my cousins, and you're always playing around a creek, and just having the time of your life. You don't know what time it is, you don't know what's going on, you're just having the best time ever. And Marie and I took a little walk down by the creek down there, and, and I was thinking about this sermon and stuff like that, and I said, what will life be like in the new earth? And so I picture myself, you can, I'll give you a little bit of my dream, about 10 years old, yeah. right? And I'm playing with friends and family and climbing in trees, climbing in the trees of the river of life, catching some fish. They got to be salmon, right? They're swimming up and down because they said fresh water and seawater there. Salmon are good to eat too especially with avocado. <laughs> and I'm playing in here and having a great time. Maybe I, I might even cut myself, scrape, fall down, and I'll take some avocado leaves. And maybe I'll get dirty and I'll, I'll clean those off that way, maybe. And there's plenty to eat, plenty to do, and having a great time. And I'm playing with Jesus, diving into a gigantic bowl of guacamole. I don't know. Close your eyes. Your turn. Imagine the river flowing from the throne. Both sides of the river are these trees of life that offers you a regular dependence on the God provider. No time to have to be anywhere. You got an inner peace. You can't help yourself from smiling. You can't wipe that silly grin off your face. You're singing. The thrill of adventure and exploring. Your stomach's even really tired from laughing so much. You feel the anticipation like when you're at a giant concert about to open. Everyone's excited. It's not a concert. You're worshiping God. And you're with Jesus. And just as all this emotion and all this excitement is building to a crescendo, you turn and one of your loved ones, you can picture whoever you want, right next to you and they say, it's only just beginning. It's only just beginning. God, forgive us for our lack of perspective. You've given us glimpses in a picture and we even forget that. Thank you that this story ends well. There's no tears in heaven. You'll wipe those away. No pain, no sickness. But we're here now and it's not yet. So I pray for each person in here that you would use us 
to draw people to you. However you want. Whether it's bringing up this conversation as we eat some guacamole or talk about another tree that's on the path of leading us back to restoration with you. We love the earth that you've made, but we cannot wait to see what you've prepared for us. We thank you and we love you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the High Street Community Church weekly message. We hope you were encouraged to follow Jesus. For more, please subscribe to our podcast or visit us online at hscchurch.org.